Before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that draft grades mean absolutely nothing 24, 48, or even 72 hours after the draft has concluded. We need years and I mean years, to evaluate talent. If you don't believe me, ask Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and a plethora of other folks who have busted out two, three, even four years after they've been drafted. But, with that being said, here are my Packers draft grades. Crossy Posse Packer Nation! Welcome to an episode of Packers, the podcast where you don't do a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom Grassi. And yup, it's that time of the year. The weekend is finally over, in which I put out God knows how much content. A lot. It was a lot of content. And so we're going to sit here today, and I'm going to give you my opinion, because that's what it is, on the Packers draft. Now, obviously... Everyone all over Packer Nation was very happy with this draft. We obviously drafted for all the holes and filled them all, and everyone is very excited. Yes, there were there was a lot of pushback from fans uh, starting in night one, and just, I would say, probably continuing down until day three. Uh, but we're going to go through this, and I'm just going to give you my opinion on where they were drafted, who we drafted, and what they could offer the Green Bay Packers, and then I'll put it all together and give you a final draft grade at the end. So, with that being said... Let's do it. Starting with pick number one. Uh, Let's start off on a non-controversial way. Jordan Love. Yep. The Green Bay Packers gave up their fourth round pick to move up a few spots with the Miami Dolphins to select who they think to be their new franchise quarterback, Jordan Love. Now, I felt a lot of things about Jordan Love. I did a whole breakdown video on Jordan Love uh, before the draft. I did a whole breakdown video after it. And I will be honest that this was kind of one of the guys I did not want the Packers to draft simply because I didn't want him in the first round. That that really was the only reason. I didn't want him in the first round. I wanted to address either inside linebacker, even defensive tackle, or of course, wide receiver. We didn't do that though. Jordan Love had a great 2018, completing 64% of his passes, 32 touchdowns, and six interceptions with seven rushing TDs. He obviously took a bit of a step back though uh, in 2019, only getting 20 TDs and 17 interceptions, that number going way, way up. But however, if you actually look at the tape and if you actually dig into who his team were the guy really didn't have a wide receiver to throw to or anybody to throw to for that matter and so I, I Jordan Love has been asked about this repeatedly how come those interceptions jumped up nearly tripled in 2019 and he said simply because he was forcing balls and I, I the when I when I broke him down weeks ago I the number one thing I said about Jordan Love is that he needs to sit. He needs time to develop and could become better with decision-making and could be a very, very good quarterback. He has now been drafted in a position where he does not have to play immediately, which is a very, very big positive. The question, of course, that comes out of this is, okay, if you're spending a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick to go and get him, when is he actually going to play? And that has been something that's been irking Packer fans for this entire draft. And the the answer is, is nobody knows. Now, obviously, Rodgers sat for years behind Favre. 
Is Jordan Love going to do the same? I would imagine he's going to sit for at least two. Then we have an out with Aaron Rodgers. I hope it doesn't come to that. But we're also going to need to evaluate and see if Jordan Love emerges into the player that Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur think that he is. So with that being said, if I'm looking at this in an attempt to try and evaluate it, I, of course, wanted somebody to help the Green Bay Packers now, but I think that Jordan Love can help because, God forbid, Aaron Rodgers goes down. We now have a backup quarterback. Sorry, Tim Boyle. But we now have a backup quarterback that you can express some confidence in. And on top of that, this is potentially hedging our bets for the future. If it works out, Gutekunst is going to look like a genius. Right now, there's a big unknown, and we won't know. So, obviously, I would have liked to get a different person, but... Considering where Jordan Love wound up falling, I think that this may be one of those picks that is going to define Brian Gutekunst's legacy as GM for the Packers, because either he is going to be hailed as a hero, or this is not going to go well. Then with our second pick, we decide to select A.J. Dillon, the running back from Boston College. This guy is a big old man. Three-year starter at BC but the guy is 6'0", 247 pounds, still ran a 4.53 40-yard dash. Again, I did a whole breakdown video about him. One of the stats, though, that I was able to find, which I thought was pretty damn awesome, was that 75% of his runs last year had extra defenders in the box. They were prepping for the run, and he still got over 1,600 yards and 14 touchdowns. Again, here comes the question, how, Tom, is he going to help us this year? Well, look at it this way. I think that, one, he could be a 1-2-3 punch with Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, and, of course, now A.J. Dillon. If somebody gets injured, like Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones, both who have dealt with injuries in the past before, he can step in again. And I think this also gives him time to develop and acclimate. I think that this guy could be a phenomenal red zone rusher. He's the kind of guy that you just throw in there and on the one-yard line and just say, okay, A.J., you, you go that way, and he just does. I think that this is another pick for the future, but I feel like this pick, if anything, makes more sense because look at the contracts that are expiring next season. You got Aaron Jones and you got Jamal Williams, both on the final year of their contract. I would imagine we're not going to keep at least one of those guys. Jamal Williams is obviously going to be a bit cheaper to keep, right? But if we wind up re-signing Aaron Jones, who's most likely going to get a bunch of money, then you know we're going to have a one-two punch of Jones and Dylan, which I think is a phenomenal, phenomenal running plan. And on top of that, this also gives us a whole bunch of leverage for Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones, I would imagine, this is just a guess, he's going to get a lot more carries this year because when we utilized him last year, we did really, really well. So if he does really, really well, we might not be able to afford Aaron Jones next year. And if he doesn't, well, then, you know, we have a backup in this case. So again, I think that the value for this is absolutely there because I think that this guy, a lot of comparisons have been made to like prime Eddie Lacy. I agree with those. And some of the moves he makes are disgusting. Just throwing off receivers. I saw him destroy Jair Alexander on one of the plays and I was like, "Mm, okay. So I like this pick a lot. Um, Again, second is a little rich, but I, I, I have to say this too, is that again, when I'm perceiving value, we're also going off of like mock drafts from people like, you know, for media pundits, it means nothing. And it doesn't necessarily equate to what the Packers have on their board. So if we're saying like, ah, we could have gotten them later. We don't know that. I mean, a lot of people said that with Jordan Love, but a team could have just traded on up and, and snatched him in the first. So 
I like this pick here, and I think that A.J. Dillon um, could be a damn good running back for the Green Bay Packers. Then with our third round pick, we got Josiah DeGuerra, tight end, fullback, H-back, all the backs. Yeah, uh, this was also a very, very controversial pick. You know how I feel that I'm Jay Sternberger. He's my tight end one, and that's not just because he called into the show a few times. Um, but we brought back Mercedes Lewis on a one-year deal, who is an excellent blocker. Now we got DeGuerra, who's also an excellent blocker. I would imagine he's going to be the guy who is going to replace Mercedes Lewis. Also, I think it adds to the scheme that we're trying to mold, and that means that we're most likely going to be a more balanced football team, right? In that, considering we went three O-line in a row, we're going with a blocking tight end in the third, and we go with Dylan in the second, it looks like we're going to take a lot of pressure off of Aaron Rodgers. And again, I have also been asking for that for years, 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 years. A lot of people are saying that, you know, we're trying to model ourselves after the 49ers or the Titans. Matt LaFleur talked about, you know, using him like use check with the 49ers. And I'm looking at this in the way that this will give us more two tight end sets. This will give us a whole bunch of different looks, and this will improve our running game. Josiah DeGuerra is a guy I think that can absolutely help this year in that, you know, you had Jay Sternberger go back there as a fullback, as a blocker, and and he did a fine job, but we know that we also drafted Jay Sternberger because we wanted his catching ability because the guy is great over in space. DeGuerra has shown that he could be a slippery tight end as well, and he could be efficient in the passing game, but I, if, I, if I'm making a bet here, DeGuerra is going to be the guy who is going to be blocking in the run game or in the pass game, and because of that, I think that he could definitely help this team this year, especially if we're a little bit light on O-line and we have to get some of these guys up to speed. I think that this just helps out our team even more. So I know that a lot of people said that we reached. I think we're also basing that off of circumstantial things. But I like the person. I like the pick. I like the player. Um, and so I'm okay with this one. Then we didn't have a fourth round pick. So going down to the fifth round, we had Kamal Martin, the inside linebacker, who, I mean, we've been asking for inside linebacker. Yes, we got one late. The the breakdown video I did of him and the tape that I did watch of him, he seems to be, he needs to be paired with somebody. He's a very vertical runner and that when he hits you, oh, he hits you, he pops you. Force fumbles is a great tackler. You pair him with Christian Kirksey. I don't think that we have solved our run defense now, but I think that this is going to help and this is another guy who I think is going to see a bunch of looks this year. Obviously, he has his flaws when it comes back into dropping all the way in coverage. Also, he's not really mobile a lot. I mentioned that vertical running. Like, he's he's very good at running in a straight line, which is great, you know, when you're starting to go after running backs who are running right at you. But when he start going around the outside or if he has to cover, like, a really good tight end, it might be not so great. So this guy, while I think he'll definitely get some reps, I think he's going to take a little bit longer to develop. Um, but... I mean, it's addressing a need, you know, which I could say for the first time, you know, so far in this draft, this is actually like a hole that has been attempted to be filled. Then with our three sixth round picks, we all went offensive linemen. We had John Runyon, the guard. We had Jake Hansen, the center. And we had Simon Stepaniak, the guard. Now, it has also been, I like the John Runyon pick a lot. He played left tackle, could moved over to guard just because of his height, but I think he could go either way. And I like these three picks because they just offer a whole lot of depth. Because again, look at who is going to be a free agent next year. 
David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley. Ricky Wagner, we signed him to a short-term deal, but who knows what's going to happen with Ricky Wagner. And I think this is, again, just kind of hedging our bets because Corey Lindsley, David Bakhtiari are going to be expensive. We are going to have to make some decisions on who we are not going to bring back. I think that this is kind of like, hey, let's just draft a whole bunch of uh, offensive linemen and see if they can contribute. I don't necessarily hate it, and I and I like it because it's happening in the sixth round, and it's kind of like, hey, you know, this is the time where you go and try to get those diamonds in the rough. And I think they may have found one in a couple of these guys. Um, Simon Stepaniak is like super duper strong, and then Runyon can be versatile. So I like all three of these picks. Um, you know, I don't think that they're going to be, you know, game changers, but Runyon for me is the most likely starter out of this group. Then with our first of two seventh round picks, we went Vernon Scott, the safety out of TCU. TCU had a really nice secondary this year. Uh, Scott, two-year starter, had two interceptions on each of them, had a big 98-yard uh, pick six uh, this past season. And a guy seems agile and, and seems like he could be a playmaker. I think that this is just going to be for depth and competition at camp, as a lot of these seventh-round picks are. Obviously, we just got some new safeties with Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos, but I think this provides you know some, some depth at this position. Uh, I wasn't like incredibly impressed by what I saw, but again, we got to see what happens when he hits the field. And then finally, who what I would imagine for a lot of Packer fans like is a steal uh, with their last pick. They go with Jonathan Garvin, the edge, uh, who could be moved around too. But Garvin has like a ton of potential. He was potentially mocked to go earlier. Um, and that's not really how I'm looking at it. How I'm looking at it is through some of his tapes, he's like been super explosive. Uh, and then there's times where he's just like not, in which he gives up on plays, uh, looks like he gets exhausted. But... Garvin, I think, with some more development, could wind up being a really good player. And I think, you know, when you can never have too many pass rushers. I think this was proven, obviously, by going to get Rashawn Gary with the number 12 pick last year. Um, but obviously, we have Preston Smith, and we also have Zadarius Smith. And I think Garvin could definitely fight for a roster spot. So if we're going to sum this whole son of a gun up, the way I'm looking at it is that there's going to be a few guys on here that are going to help this team this year. I think A.J. Dillon is going to help in a limited capacity. Josiah DeGuerra, I think, is going to have a more active role this year. Kamal Martin, I think, is definitely going to. And John Runyon. Those would be my guys that I'd say like are definitely going to have the opportunity to contribute in a, in a major way this year. Jordan Love, obviously for the future. Hopefully we don't have to use him this year. And then those other guys are kind of just for depth. So all in all, I, if you're looking at this from the sense of, okay, did we, did we draft for need? No, we didn't. We didn't draft to get Rodgers more receivers, which apparently we tried to, because um, Goody said that you know the value just wasn't there. By the time that they were picking in the first and second round, the guys that they wanted just weren't there. Uh, and he thought that the guys later weren't going to actually contribute to the team this year. So I know a lot of people are calling this like a future draft, but... I don't necessarily agree with that. Now, it might be of like what we want to become and maybe be a more like, you know, balanced football team, which is all well and good. But I think that there, like I said before, there are guys that are going to contribute this year. But we definitely didn't draft a wide receiver. We didn't really, I, I think, address the run defense a whole lot. I would imagine maybe the Packers are going to go out and get somebody, some veteran potentially to address both of those positions. But I like this draft because. It provides a lot of depth at key positions. And because of that, 
you know, it's kind of setting the Packers up for success. Maybe you don't see them blow up the field uh, immediately, but I think, uh, you know, in a few years, we may really appreciate this draft. And one final thing I want to mention is, again, like, we don't know. Like, I feel like I, I really need to push that. Like, we don't know. I wanted a wide receiver really, really bad, right? I got to the point where I was like, just pick me a wide receiver just so I can be happy. That's not how the Packers approach this draft. They had guys on their board. They picked the best player available in their minds. Were they correct? We're going to find out. We're going to see. A lot of people are pointing to the Eagles or the Broncos or the Raiders and being like, look at how many wide receivers they got. Great. Wonderful. What if they suck? I mean, that's potential, right? And again, there's potential that these guys are not great either. But that's, that's the NFL draft for you. So right now, uh, I still think that there are some, some big holes in the team that need to be filled for this upcoming season. But we did just go 13-3. We made it to the NFC Championship game. And if we're to look at this like this draft never happened, you know, we brought in Kirksey, we brought in Funches, then it's a wash, right? Then it's a wash. At worst, it's a wash. We still should be able to compete the way that we did last season. Now, we just have some other guys that can contribute potentially this year in a major way. And for that, I don't think it's the worst. So I know a lot of people are crapping all over this draft. For me, I give it a solid B minus. Because while I think that we might be very happy with this, this is one of those drafts, especially that we're going to need to sit on for a while. We're going to see how they produce on the field, like every draft, but this one in particular, um, because I feel like there's a lot more long-term benefit uh, than immediate short-term. But like I said, I think there's guys that definitely could make a difference this year. So no, it's not an F. It's not an A. I think it's a solid B minus. But again, nobody knows. Like, nobody. Nobody knows. We just do the best we can. And listen, if you're a Packers fan and you're upset with Goody and you're talking about fire Goody, the guy has been there since, what, 98? The guy knows what he's doing. I mean, that's what we got to hope for. And at the end of the day, we're still going to be fans. So let's just hope this works out. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. You can always find me at TomGrossyComedy.com or at TomGrossyComedy on all social media. See down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course, YouTube. And a big shout out and thank you to all the Patreon members over at Patreon.com slash TomGrossyComedy. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassi. And as always, go Pack Go! (laughs) 